Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by James Hardy Siding, the best siding on the planet. Louise, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. How can I help you? Hi, good morning. Thanks for taking the call. have a little bit of an unusual situation. Want to see what you think about it. Last, probably late summer, early fall, um, some bees uh, established themselves in the side of our garage wall, um, kind of near an eave. And it took a while to get them out of there, um, but finally, you know, after two or three tries with an exterminator, we were able to get them removed. So fast forward to a few weeks ago, and within inside the garage, uh, between the sheetrock and where the you know, concrete comes, where that seam exists, this liquid starts seeping out. And, you know, sure enough, my husband and I realized, God, it's going to be honey, you know, um, yep. coming out of there. And uh, I guess the question is this, you know, we're obviously uh, in honey production now and continue to wash it out and so forth. Do, do we need to do anything else? I mean, do we just let it, you know, kind of, uh, you know, kind of drip out and then, or do, do you think we need to go in there and do anything further to, you know, to clean that out or uh, just wanted to get some thoughts on that? Well, if you want to get the honey, you can open up the wall and take it out of there and take yeah. the, comb, the honeycomb and everything out and then you don't have to worry about it. Right. Uh, the nice thing about honey, it never goes bad. And so yeah. it's not like you have to worry about it starting to decay in there and stink or anything like that. Okay. The problem okay. is, though, it's going to run for ages. And when I say oh. ages, it could drain like that for a few years. Is that right? I'll be darned. Yeah, oh. because what happens is, uh, you know, right now it's really hot. And so as it's real hot, it, it becomes more liquid. It softens up and it'll run. Yes. When it cools off, it's going to stiffen up and it's not going to run. And then all of a sudden, next summer, it's going to start flowing again when it gets up in these triple digits. So the only time you're going to probably have this issue is when it's real hot out. So really, the only way to permanently fix it is to take it out of there. Okay. All right. Well, if I hadn't um, used... Uh... Uh, smoke and uh, unfortunately insecticides to get them out of there. I guess I could bottle it and try to sell it, but, but I guess I'm <laughs> left, with, left with trying to deal with it as it is. So, uh, yep. Well, uh, the smokes don't hurt them any because that's what they use to to scare them out of the hives when they're when they're collecting the honey. The, but the pesticides, mm -hmm. yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. So, well, listen, I do appreciate the guidance and uh, have a great weekend. Thank you so much. You as well. Thank you, Terry. Welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Well, how are you, sir? Wonderful. How about you? Well, I'm doing good. I was listening to a caller that uh, was talking about bees. Well, I'm, I am the beekeeper, and she needs to get all of that out of the house. Yep. Um, for, for several reasons. One, of course, like you said, honey will, will never go bad. But you've got all that wax in there, and she's setting herself up for a wax moth problem and ants and roaches, and it could just be a real mess if she doesn't get it cleaned out. You know, cleaning it out bleaching it out um citrus oil is good garlic oil as a deterrent but you know i've i've taken bees out of areas and did the best job i could to clean it and you know once you got bees in they're going they're coming back and so she needs to go around that property and well, that was, hold if she thinks the bee can get in <laughs> that was one question i had once there's 
honey in there. Won't the bees try to come back to that area? Oh, yeah. But, you know, now that there's no bees to protect that area and to keep the real estate in good shape, you know, that's, that's the problem. That's gonna, the wax is going to melt, the honey's going to flow, and then just, there's going to be ants and roaches and wax moths. And if you've ever seen one that, that where somebody just killed them and then they open it up a year later, it's absolutely disgusting mm. of what's inside there. And so, yeah, she needs to get it out and get it cleaned up uh, as soon as possible. I just Ow. got to doing a guy's house, just, you know, last week, and he showed me another place uh, where bees had been in the year before, and uh, it started molding in some areas down there where it had, it had drained. And once he got up in there, it was just, it was, it was just nasty. Yeah. So yeah. The with, with the bee issues that we're having nowadays, as far as a bee shortage, uh, right? I, I really try to tell people don't use chemicals on them call exactly. a beekeeper and let them come get them because uh, we need to keep all of them we can. Exactly. And, you know, you may pay a little extra for a, for a beekeeper to, to get them out of there, but you'll end up paying more in the long run if you, if you leave if you leave it in there. Yeah. Okay. Well, I so. think she was convinced to get rid of them once I told her it was going to keep running for years. So. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, need to get it out as quick as you can. And like I said, you better be prepared because next year – He's a, she's a target. Yep. All right. Well, Terry, I appreciate well, it. Yes, sir. You have a good day. You too. Take care. Got a, uh email question that came in regarding air conditioning from Greenville. And Marty asks, says, uh, my air handler is sweating in the attic. It's a year and a half old system. It's cooling great, but the drain pan has about an inch of water that is draining outside without any problems. The bottom of the air handler is dripping into the pan. Nothing is frozen. Is this normal? No, it is not. Secondary, should I put in a service call? Absolutely. Because if the water is dripping into the pan that you see under the unit, that means your primary drain is not working properly. Last summer, I did not have this sweating. It's been doing this for three weeks. I do keep the temp at 76 due to an elderly woman at home. I am not opposed to moving to 78 during August. Thanks in advance. Okay, you don't need to adjust the temperature because that's not where the problem is. I think you got two things going. One, water dripping into the secondary pan where you see it drip outside is a problem. Anytime you anybody sees that, you need to call your air conditioning company and have them come out and service your unit because you're just a, it's a matter of time before it's dripping on your sheetrock in the attic. Now, that doesn't mean you got to pay for an emergency call. It just means schedule an appointment and get somebody out there. The other thing, the fact that it is sweating on the outside of the unit on the air handler tells me that you may have an insulation issue in your air handler. Uh or in the in the system itself because it shouldn't be sweating like that and typically the reason these things sweat a lot of them have a insulation board in the plantum and in different areas and if that starts getting weak or wasn't properly installed where hot air is meeting cold air you're gonna start to sweat that way your unit will and that can again 
can cause problems. So you absolutely do need to make a service call. Get somebody out there. Obviously, I'm going to tell you, start with Advent Air. Uh, but if you've got, like, the person who installed it, you could call them and have them come check it out for you as well because they did put it in. And if there was an insulation issue or an installation issue, uh, you'd want to give them the opportunity to fix it first. Peggy, welcome to WBAP. I, I uh, took a screen door off of my back door. Uh-huh. And in doing so, I found some um, wall part that is, I guess it's siding, um, that is pressed wood that's all crumbly. Yep. Do I have to replace that, or what do I do? Well, where, is, is it an area that is, that's exposed so it's showing? Uh, not if I... Once I put the trim back on the door, it won't be showing. Yeah. Then what I would do is take off the, the, the portion that is cr uh, crumbling that way because it's it's been exposed to moisture. Right. And, and uh, you know, it just doesn't take moisture well. So you'll take off the part that's crumbly because of moisture. You'll end up putting a, a spacer board. A what Boy, board? My mouth's not working. A spacer board. You know, something to fill the gap of the wood that oh, okay. you took out. Okay. Then okay. you can reapply your trim and everything. All right. One other, um, there's another piece of trim at the bottom of the wall that goes across the back of my house under the windows yep. that looks like it could also have damage underneath it. Should I take that off and find out? I would almost bet money it does. Somebody probably yeah. put it there to cover up something in the years past. That's what I thought, too. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. yes, I, I would because, uh, and you'll hear me sometimes when the bottom of a wall starts deteriorating, tell people, cut off the bad wood, put in a one-by-six trim board there, and you got rid of the bad wood, and it buys you years of time. And that's basically what you can do with that window area as well. You'll have to make sure on both the door and the window area that you seal all the joints and everything real well so moisture doesn't get behind it again because mm -hmm. that's the kiss of death for that press board is, is moisture. Okay. And silicone? Uh, a silicone caulk works great. Okay. Um, can I use some other caulk in areas that might need painting? At, well, even... Even when you use uh, the silicone caulk, always get a siliconized caulk that is paintable so that okay. you don't have to worry about going over it. If you use a pure silicone, the paint doesn't hold, but a siliconized paintable caulk is readily available. That's normally what I use. Oh, that's perfect. Thank you so much. Oh, and, and Peggy, one thing when you get in your, your caulking, get the, the 40- and 50-year caulk. You know, it's not going to last that long. You, you probably only get like 10 to 15 years out of it. But if you use the cheap stuff that's like a five-year or 10-year, you'll only yeah. get two or three years out of it. Oh, good to know. I, I didn't know that. Okay. Okay. Good luck I'm, with that, I'm the handyman here. Okay, thank you so much. Mark, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing pretty good, sir. How are you doing? I am doing wonderful. Yes, sir, what can uh, I do for so, you? Uh, we're still remodeling from Harvey, and we've gotten to the point where we're putting a floor in. Um, 
and we were we saw a beautiful bamboo floor that we'd like to put in, but we've heard so many horror stories about putting uh, bamboo in the Houston area. Uh, could you kind of uh, help me out with that a little bit? What kind of horror stories have you heard about bamboo in Houston? Ah, uh, humidity, uh, uh, mold, uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, basically, everybody has steered us away from using the bamboo flooring. Don't let that fear you away from it. If the bamboo has an issue, I can guarantee you oak or any other wood floor was going to have an issue as well. Uh, the bamboo floors are, are some of the most durable floors that you're going to find. Okay. And they would they they actually withstand uh, you know moisture issues and things like that better than a lot of floors do. So. Uh, you know, everybody always thinks that just because one person had an issue with something that all of them are, are bad. And, yeah, don't let them scare you. Th those those bamboo floors are great. Now, what I will tell you is I typically tell people avoid glue-down floors in Houston. Okay. And the main reason for that, we are going to get moisture that comes up through our concrete. And yep. when the concrete, when the moisture comes up through the concrete, the glue can soften and the floor can come loose, but that's whether it's bamboo or oak or anything else. Okay. One of the uh, one of the contractors that we had talked to came up with a, a solution uh, about putting down um, a, a wood floor, uh, an impermeable layer in between the foundation, uh, putting a wood floor uh, OSDI board, I think is uh -huh. what he said, uh, and then gluing the bamboo down to uh, that OSDI. Yeah. Have you ever heard of something like that? Yeah. It, it's done more and more all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and basically what they do is they take three-quarter inch plywood and screw it to the concrete. Yeah. You can still get some moisture issues come up. Uh, one downside, you, you did mention that you're still rebuilding from Harvey. If the house floods, those floors are a real <laughs> pain in the butt to take out. Yeah, that's what we're worried about. Uh, you know, we don't want to have a second go around, but that's always in the back of your mind. How much water did you get in the house? We got about a foot in. And I'm so, assuming that was the first time? Yeah, you know, we'd had some flooding here before, uh, just lost some cars. But uh, 2016, the tax day floods gave us, gave us a scare. We were about a... You know, about six inches from it coming in, but uh, Harvey gave us a foot inside, and uh, yeah, yeah, like everybody. Have you else. ever con have you considered looking at some of the tile that looks like wood? We have. That's that's been the other uh, the other thing that we were looking at doing, and I, I think we're just about sold on doing the tile. I I got to be honest with you. Any and this is for everybody listening. If your house flooded, your concrete is always going to be subject to moisture coming up through it. And, and the main reason is when we have heavy rains and the water levels come up, even if you don't flood, your soils can get saturated. Mm -hmm. So any type of glue-down floor, any type of wood floor is subject to warping and cupping and all kinds of stuff. Uh, take a look at some of the tile that looks like wood. And honestly, I've been into many houses with it, and if you get one of the nicer ones... You can't tell that it's not wood. They really do look great.
And if you flood, you're much better off. <laughs> yeah, okay. But well, even, if it, it, even if it just gets close to flooding, you're, you're better off. James, what can I do for you? How are you, you guys doing? Well, Wonderful. I am good. Starting on a project the next couple of weekends, and uh, in, the, in the backyard, we have a pool. It's a chlorinated pool. We've got two sets of French doors, a kitchen door, a bedroom door that both overlook the pool, and then a detached garage, two-car um, metal garage door. All are showing a little bit of rust in some areas where we just need to refinish everything, repaint everything. So a couple of questions. Number one, on some of the door frames where the flashing meets the brick, um, it was silicone or caulked in, and I'm seeing like kind of a black. I'm assuming that that is a mold. Um, First of all, I want to know how to mitigate that before I go over it with primer or paint or what I need to do there. And then what's a good paint recommendation that's going to be durable in that exterior uh, situation? And then finally, uh, best way to go, airless sprayer. I've got a compressor. I can go with compressed air sprayer. Tell me what your thoughts are. Okay. First, on the mold, your better thing is going to be to remove the existing caulking that's gone bad and put new caulking in. When you do use a siliconized caulk that has a mold inhibitor in it, uh, and, and that will help minimize it in the future and make sure it's a paintable one, which most of them are. And okay. uh, James, I'm gonna put you on hold because I gotta take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll address the rest of your questions here on Texas Home Improvement. We were talking with James in Beaumont. We were first talking about caulking and taking out the stuff that's got molds on it, replacing it with a siliconized caulk with a mold inhibitor. Then you also had a question of type of paint to use. Yes, sir. Are you talking about a brand or whether to use an oil base versus a water base? More of the oil versus water. What's a what's a good exterior paint to use? Does the pool, the chlorine, does that have any impact on what, you know, media I should choose? It does, because uh, some of the paints will yellow with the chlorine. And right. used to be exterior paints, you typically wanted to use a oil-based paint, especially on any wood and everything. Now, they've got the, uh, a lot of paint places don't even carry oil base anymore, because they've got the accolades out there that have replaced the oil-based paints. I got to be honest, I have not used those in the chlorine area to know how well they're going to hold up, but for everything else, they've been holding up very well. And, okay, and they're much e much easier to work with than the oil-based, so I, I, I personally would probably take a look at that. Okay, and again, you said that was what? It, it's a, and I always mispronounce it, it's a accolade. It's it's basically it, it's a water-based paint with a hardener in it. Oh, okay, all right. And then, as far as as far as spraying that using an airless sprayer, or if I've got a a gun. Um, yeah, if you want your neighbors to just hate, hate, hate you, go ahead and fire up that <laughs> air type sprayer. Uh, <laughs> okay, all right, I got you. <laughs> 
<laughs> go go with if you're gonna if you're gonna use a sprayer, go with the airless. Uh, and it you know make it a calm day, and and that'll go fine. But truly, if you want a more durable finish, you'll go with the brush it on. Oh, even on the garage door? No, on a garage door, I would definitely use the the airless sprayer. Okay, so go ahead and brush I, on the French doors and the back doors, and, and that'll yep. be fine. But but then airless sprayer on the uh, on the garage door. Yeah, and, and if you got any real large areas, that you can go with the airless. But all trims and all and doors and things like that go with go with the brush. Okay, cool deal. And then finally, uh, just real quick, is it is it readily available for rent? This the airless sprayer, um, or is yes. it cheap enough now? Where okay, okay. And, and awesome. let me tell you, you you can you could buy one for a couple hundred dollars versus renting okay. one, but the machine that you're going to rent is going to be more like a two thousand dollar machine than a couple hundred dollar machine, and it will make all the difference in the world. Yeah, and I'm probably not going to use it often enough yep. to warrant spending that kind of money on it. So yeah, I think. I think the rental is the way to go, and, and like paint stores and, and whatnot, they, they pretty much have that. Yeah, the, the rental shops, uh, even at the box stores, some of the rental places have them. Great information. I really appreciate it. All right. You take care and have fun with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love it when you go in and you buy a bunch of lumber <laughs> and, and stuff to do at the house, and they say, have a good day. Does it look yeah, like right. I'm going to have a good day? I'm going to go work my butt off. <laughs> exactly. Not looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it being over, but I'm not looking forward to the, to the process. <laughs> All right. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Yeah. Now, fortunately, I enjoy doing the project, so it doesn't bother me too much. We have a home built in the 40s with a standalone garage. For many years, I have noticed a slight lean about an inch and a half inches at the top of the door is this fixable also the two by fours are at the base on the side of the garage is leaning towards has rotted severely did this cause the lean most likely yes it probably did because if the two by four sill plate is rotted it starts to drop the garage starts to lean so before you even try to straighten out the lean on the garage, the first thing you're going to do is come in, put a beam along that sidewall in order to support the wall so you can set some jacks, lift it up a little bit, pull that rotten board out, and put a new piece of 2x4 underneath there. I will typically replace it with treated lumber. Once you got that in place, you can set it down, reattach your studs. Now take a look. If it's squared up, hey, problem solved. If not, then you can use some come-alongs going from the top side where it's leaning over down to the bottom side and literally pull the building back level. Once you've squared the building back up, you're going to want to put something to stiffen it. And typically just putting plywood on the walls, on the, on the face walls where it racked, is enough to stiffen it back up and keep it from having issues any further so uh, is it the rotten wood more than likely it is can it be fixed very simply it's just uh, you, it's one of those things though 
honestly, that you want to get done sooner than later because the longer you let that wait, the more likely it is to start rotting the bottom of the 2x4 studs. And you really don't want that to happen because if you rot the bottom of the 2x4 studs, now you're getting into some real work having to, you know, take those out one piece at one piece at a time. So uh, that's the way I would head into it. Mark, welcome to KRLD. How can I help you? Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. I had a couple of uh, electrical questions. I've got a, a breaker that's really only supporting a toaster and a coffee pot, and yet frequently I'll get up in the morning and it's tripped. And I just didn't know if that was... Uh, any support for that on that issue? Got to If there's nothing else hooked up on it, and those items aren't running at night, you got to have a short in the system somewhere. Okay. Um, second question: I got a. Um, I want to put in a undersink heater, but it takes a 30 amp circuit. Yes. Can I take one of the outlets on the counter top, the granite countertop? There's about six or seven outlets. Can you rewire that circuit to be 30 amp supported? No, because okay. they're they're running they're running a daisy chain, so the power is going from one to another, and that 30 right. amp is going to have to be a dedicated breaker, which means you got to have wires that run directly from that outlet all the way back to the breaker box. So I'd have to sacrifice the outlet to create a 30 amp circuit dedicated, or else. Now you you'll you will literally have to run a new wire. Okay. And it and it's going to end up being under the sink anyway un, anyway. So uh you would end up running a new wire and having a a new plug installed in order to do that. It sounds like it's hard to do with a I mean I don't know. How do you run that wire? It all depends on the, the structure. In some cases, they can drill down through the walls and fish a wire down, uh, but it can't go through where there's a window. You know, it can't go through where there's something else that might be blocking it. So right. it really just depends on the structure. They, they, the electricians literally have to look at it and make a determination, how can we get it there? Well, super. Thank you for your help. Now, one other thing on that, that first question as far as the uh, that breaker that's tripping, Yes. Where are those two plugs? They're on a countertop to the right of the stove top, gas stove top. Okay. There's got to be a GFI somewhere for those as well. Oh. And I'm wondering if it's not the GFI that's tripping. There are – what year is this house built? Uh, 2017. Okay. The GFI should be right there where you can see it, and it, but is it the is it the breaker itself tripping? Yeah, that plug, those that outlet, the duplex, that duplex does not have a GFI on it, and yes, it is the breaker that's tripping. Um, I should really do a little more research and see how many other outlets are on that. Yeah, there's got to be a, a, something else on it, and I'm betting it's something that's in the garage or something like that. Right. Okay. And that, that may be where you find a GFI that's not working properly that could be tripping the breaker. I'll look into it. I appreciate okay. the show. Thank, Thank you, you, Mark. Good luck. Yeah, anytime you got a breaker that seems to be flipping by itself, there's got to be something on the circuit or there's a short in it somewhere. 
and a short can be nothing more than the wires going into one of the electrical outlets being loose. So that's typically the first thing I'm going to do is, is go around and look, find out everything that's on that circuit, make sure everything is unplugged. If it's still tripping, then I'm going to start taking the electrical plates off and checking to make sure all the screws are tight where the wires are hooked in. Uh, make sure you shut the breakers off before you do that stuff and don't just throw the breaker for that one and don't just throw the main breaker and think the breakers are off i had a brand new house one time the electrician made a mistake and it the grounding wire was hot even when you threw the main breaker off so always always use a tester to make sure that the power is off completely uh this one came in yesterday i'm looking to put an insulator or insert for ceiling canister lights for LED bulbs. We've been getting wasps in the house through the light fixtures in the attic. Thanks, Jim. Love your show. Well, hey, this is another Mark. Okay, Mark, here's the issue. They do make covers that you can put up in the attic, and that's for keeping insulation away from the old-style light fit canisters. However, if you're going to make this switch to LED bulbs, they make an insert where you screw the fixture into the plug-in part, not plug-in part, into the, the screw where the bulb goes, and then the LED fixture is hanging off the wire. It hooks onto the little clips up in the recessed lighting, pushes up tight on the ceiling, and see it has a sealer on it, Wasp couldn't come through that, and so you wouldn't have to mess with going up in the attic. You don't have to worry about heat buildup because you no longer have regular bulbs in it. You now have LED bulbs in it, which is going to cut your electricity use, take care of your wasp problem, and gives you much better lighting, all with one simple insert. And you can pick these things up at the box stores. Uh, a lot of times they'll come in a three- or six-pack to where you can do several lights all at once i've done a bunch of them uh and they they actually look very good it modernizes your look of your ceiling lights because i used to have a set that had the ring and the, the glass up there took those off put these in instead looks like a new light fixture up there you've just heard the best calls and questions from texas home improvement for more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.